Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers web zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al, Zane, and Brian. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Odyssey's 49ers Web Zone No Huddle Podcast. I am your only host today, Brian Rennick. Uh, Zane is traveling and, and Al is in the midst of a wild baseball and softball season out in New York. But I am thrilled to welcome uh, a writer over at NinersWire.com and half of the only 49ers podcast that has a beer named after them. It's Kyle Madsen. Kyle, thanks for being here, man. Yeah, Brian. Anytime, dude. I hope all's well. Yeah, everything. Well, I'm sorry, your I, host you abandoned what. you right before the draft. But you I know. know, right? What the heck? <laughs> um, I'll tell you what. the The Monday was was decent until uh, until that De'Aaron Fox news. That was a little tough. Brutal. Dude. Um, Just, that was that was tough. Um, I think he's gonna so, play. I, I think, think so I think too. he's playing game five. Hey, yeah. he hit that three-pointer at the end with that broken mm-hmm. finger. So who knows? But I also texted a buddy and I was like, maybe that's why he tried to go right at that on the, yep. in that last possession, which obviously didn't end the way that that Kings fans would hope. It ended mm-hmm. the way that you would hope. And that's fine. I appreciate that. And uh, I know that you and I were uh, DMing back and forth on Twitter uh, on Friday when I asked if you'd be available. And, and you said that you really needed the Warriors to win at least one of those games because you were hosting on KHTK today from 10 to 2. How did that go? It went great. It went great. Uh, the Deer and Fox news came down like in the middle of the show. Oh, So it was like, it was this like hard devastation for a second, but then like trying to figure out like, okay, they could, it doesn't mean it's over. They can piece it together. Will he play? Domas got to step up. All this other stuff. So there's plenty to dive into. But like I said, I, I think he's going to play. I think he'll be all right. I think so too. And, and, you know, honestly, this series has been everything that basketball fans could have hoped for. And to have him out, I think really would be just a huge bummer for just basketball fans in general. So I I think, I think he'll play Uh, Kendrick Perkins. uh, I don't know if you saw, he was on, uh, on ESPN and he was like, Darren Fox is, is a, is a Texas boy. And he said, I think he's going to play because, and what he said was, it doesn't look anything like this. And he held up his left hand and he has, he has like a Brian Baldinger finger on his left hand. Gross. And uh, yeah, he's like, it doesn't look like this. So I think he'll play. It's like, yeah. I, a, Richard Jefferson was like, you can't show that on TV, man. <laughs> They're just going to shoot him up with a bunch of stuff and he'll be fine. hundred percent, hundred percent. But this is not a Kings or Warriors podcast. This is a 49ers podcast. And there was some 49ers news today. 
John Lynch had his uh, pre pre draft press conference or uh, availability, if you will. And uh, you know, you and I were talking uh, before we we went on air, and I said there wasn't really a whole lot to take away from it. Um, honestly, whatever your bias is, you could you could read into it and confirm what that bias is in terms of some of the bigger bigger storylines coming out of Santa Clara right now. Uh, the biggest being whether Trey Lance is on the trade block or not. Uh, and honestly, you know, Lynch's answer was pretty. It, it was it was a Lynch answer, right? I, I think John Lynch would be an incredible politician if we're being perfectly honest. Um, but they did ask, uh, he was asked a couple times, you know, essentially what is the possibility of, of Trey being traded? And and he did not at all dampen or 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 really put put water to the to the fire that is Trey Lance rumors. Right. Uh, but he did say that he expects Trey to be here. And I know you and Chris talked on Candlestick Chronicles last week about how Rappaport's, you know, report, which was, let me reiterate, the 49ers are not making these calls. They are taking these calls, which is just code for the 49ers are trying to build up Trey Lance's trade market. You know, as it stands, what, three days before the draft now, if you were to put a percentage on whether you think or a percentage on whether Trey Lance is traded either pre-draft or during the draft, what would you put that on? Ooh, I, I think it's like 30% he does. Maybe less. I might be shooting okay. too high. Um, I just don't... If you're moving Trey Lance, it means you are 100% sure that Brock Purdy is fully healthy, ready to go, and it's not going to be an issue going into 2023. And I just don't know by Thursday, April 27th or whatever day it is that they're going to feel right. like that. And if they it, like, if they do, then okay. But I, I, I have two separate thought processes here because there's the Niners thought process where they're looking at Lance and they're going, this is not our guy, which is everything they've said publicly has led me to believe that. Yeah. yeah that that they firmly believe Brock Purdy is the quarterback of the future and Trey Lance at this point is a sunk cost. And if that's the case, you now have this potential asset that you can either trade or let him walk in 2 years after he's in the backup. Um I I I personally would hang on to him and give him a real shot to compete for the QB1 job. I don't think the Niners want to do that. That's what I would do. Yeah. And then I wouldn't trade him because they've they've needed to use three or more quarterbacks in like four of Shanahan's six seasons. And he's super talented. And if you wind up in a spot where he's starting 10 games for you and they go seven and three and he improves and looks really good. Well, okay. Now you've fallen backwards into where you were originally trying to get. Right. And just with the investment, that's what I'm, that's what I'm betting on. And that's going to be more valuable than anything. I think they're realistically going to get on the trade market. Yeah, you know, honestly, if you think about it in that regard, right, who is Trey Lance most valuable to right now? And it's obviously the 49ers, right? Because yeah. they're the ones that that put as much value as they did into getting that pick and drafting him. And then also, how many other teams have used this, the number of quarterbacks that the 49ers have? The one thing that I've kind of kicked around when it comes to trying to process this idea of whether or not they would trade Trey Lance is wondering if if the the Brock Purdy experience, which let's be perfectly honest, they fell ass backwards into, right? That wasn't, you can't really, you can't 
you can't give them a ton of praise for Brock Purdy because he was the last pick in the draft. And he was obviously not an afterthought because they did use a draft pick on him rather than waiting to see if they can get him as a priority free agent. But for the most part, you know, he was, he, he was just, uh, just kind of throwing it, throwing it out there. Right. Let's, let's draft a quarterback. Right. Like Ron Wolf used to say, draft a quarterback every year and, and, and maybe they will, and maybe they should, or at least they should, right? Because they can't keep them healthy. But my, I, I almost wonder if the Brock Purdy experience has now allowed Kyle Shanahan to kind of lean into what I would deem some of his, I don't want to say worst qualities, but some of mm. the, the qualities that we have um, come to question sometimes, which is specifically uh, ego and uh, system over player, right? I really feel like Brock Purdy's success has way more to do with the talent around him and the system that he's in than Brock Purdy himself. If you drop Brock Purdy into let's say 30 other teams, is Mm -hmm. Brock Purdy going to look like he did with the 49ers? I'd venture to say no. Now that's no shade to Brock Purdy. I was the captain of the Brock Purdy hype train. I was at that Miami game. It was incredible. Mm -hmm. It was just an electric atmosphere. And, you know, he just hit the ground running and, and never stopped until, you know, Hassan Reddick stopped him in, in Philadelphia. But if, if Shanahan believes like, Hey, I could just, I, what I need to do is just bring in college quarterbacks that have started 30 plus games. <laughs> and with that level of experience, cause there's a lot of them, right. With that yeah. level of experience, we can coach them up and they can, I can drop them in the system and they'll just do what I need them to do and we can succeed. And yeah. so would they be willing, even without knowing where Brock Purdy is, would they be willing to say, look, our hole at right tackle is, is so uncomfortable that we could get a second and change. We'd be willing to move him. Right. And, and that's mm-hmm. the, I think that's the other question is what is enough for them to move him? Are they saying, look, it's either a first round pick or bust? Well, then the likelihood is low, right? I think there's one, maybe two teams who'd be willing to do that. And that would be Tennessee, just because Rand Carthen is there and, and they don't really have anything outside of Ryan Tannehill. No shade to Malik Willis. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. But I think even, even Trey Lance is a little bit more of an, of a known quantity, I think than Malik Willis is. And then the other would be the Minnesota Vikings. And I think the only reason they'd be willing to do that is because he's a hometown kid. And that's a hell of a story. Yeah. Outside of that, 
there is a scenario where I think, depending on how the draft falls, specifically who Carolina takes at one, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of smoke that Houston isn't willing to take a a quarterback at two. And I think that smoke is there because they like Bryce young and and no one else. So if Carolina takes Bryce young, I think, I think Houston either tries to trade or just takes Will Anderson at two. And then I think they try and go like offensive tackle at, at 13 and then, Hey, why not Lance? Why not offer call San Francisco and be like, listen, we'll give you 33 and, a fourth or we'll give you 33 and, and we'll swap one of your thirds for something, you know, yeah. for, for a fourth or whatever. And, and now you get Trey Lance for two seasons. You evaluate him this season. He already knows the offense that you're trying to install. Right. You get a, you get a year long look at him and either a, you guys, he isn't what we think he, sh- he could be. And you guys suck again. And now you're still in position to go Caleb Williams or, or whoever the case may be, because they still have two first-round picks next year as well. Uh, it, it, it almost seems like a, a really perfect fit for them. So there, I just think that there's certain machinations that could happen in the draft that could make this happen. But I agree with you. I don't think it does, but it's just interesting, Like at least to me, it's interesting to talk about. Yeah, it is for sure, because the value is the question. And 33 plus a third round pick swap that moves the 49ers from 99 to, I think, I think, I think Houston has 73, they 33, 65 and 73. I think they have something like that. Yeah. That's gotta be really enticing for, for San Francisco. And that's the kind of deal. I think that they would at least listen and like, they're never going to probably get, they're not going to get a better offer than that. Uh, Yeah, I doubt it. And so if they're really just out on Trey Lance or so far in on Brock Purdy that that they don't they don't want to hang on to Lance for another year, then then yeah, sure. Uh, I, I guess that's probably the move. I, I worry though for San Francisco, like I'm not I, I'm not taking regression off the table for Brock Purdy. And and no one should. There's a very real chance that and this is not a bad thing. He was the 262nd pick. If this is how his career goes, great. Good like, for him. Yeah. Home run, <laughs> it's already a home run pick. Yeah. They got an NFC title game at quarterback out of the Mr. Irrelevant slot. That's crazy. But they run, they run the, I guess I'm going to call it the risk of being in a spot come 2026 where they're exactly where they were at with Jimmy Garoppolo. Yes where it's like, all right, well, it's really clear that they need more from the quarterback position. And the other thing, going back to kind of the team building aspect of this, is the other the other thing they, they, they run the risk of running into is they've built this really awesome roster that is quarterback-proof, almost. Like, they can just plug and play the 262nd pick, and it's like, yeah, hey, he had a good S2 cognition score, so he can play. Although the Niners aren't even working with S2, so... That was right. a luck not thing. at the time, but yeah, but but <laughs> what happens when they don't have Fred Warner, or prime Fred Warner, in the middle of their defense anymore? And what happens when Trent Williams retires? And what Tr- George Kittle turns thirty this year? Yeah. What happens when George Kittle is is on the backside of his prime? Um, Debo Samuel is never going to replicate his twenty nineteen again. He's still a really good player, but he's never going to be twenty. Like you see, there's at some point, like there's too much in the there's too much talent to have to restock. And at some point you're going to need your quarterback to bail you out. Right. And 
that's that's over the next five or six years, if they're going to rock with Brock Purdy, like, okay, I get why he was awesome. But I think there's a significant risk of running into a spot where your, your team is no longer quarterback proof and you need a player with, with the kind of upside the Trey Lance has. So uh, they're trying to compete for Super Bowls now though. I, I mean, I get they have a right. five-year plan or whatever, but um, man, I, I just, I'm still in the camp that if they let Lance go, for any level of compensation, it could it could really wind up reflecting poorly on on the front office and Kyle Shanahan. Certainly, especially if he goes to Houston or or wherever and he flourishes, right? And he becomes the guy that that we think he could be. Now again, both of these knowns, right? It's just that Brock is is a little less unknown than Trey because of the 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 on field evidence that we saw, but. Now you, but you also have to add in the fact that he tore his UCL and he's coming yeah. back from that. And mm-hmm. we haven't really seen many quarterbacks suffer that injury and come back from it. It's, it's essentially mm-hmm. Jake DeLome who had Tommy John and then mm-hmm. Nick Mullins, who we all know. Right. And, and Nick Mullins, Nick Mullins had a, a pie to begin with, right? Brock Purdy is a little bit in terms of arm strength, a little bit, up the scale from from Nick Mullins but oh, yeah. that was one of his one of his you know draft negatives was arm strength and now mm-hmm. all of a sudden you, you're coming back from from elbow surgery and you don't know what that's going to look like so i th- i think it's i think all of that points to it not happening but i don't mm-hmm. think it, it, it if it does happen it's not going to blow me away I'm not going to be like, oh, no, wow, I did not see that coming at all. It's really clear. It's very The thing that's most clear to me is the Niners want to trade him. This Certainly. is not a Debo. This is not a Debo thing last year where they're like, we'll take calls, right. but like they, they didn't want to trade him. They want to trade Trey Lance. Yeah. That is that to me anyway, is very, very clear. Yeah. And, and, and that's another thing that Lynch said was, we are confident in our conviction in Brock, which to me again says, even if they don't trade Trey Lance, Brock is not ready to start the season. Trey beats out Sam Darnold in in OTAs and preseason, and he starts Week One and and maybe you know he gets four weeks. I don't know that he can do anything in those four weeks for the team to be like, all right, Brock, sorry, like Trey is you know Trey has has shown us what we need to see. That's how much I think they're into Brock Purdy. And that's where it's like, if that's the case, get something for Trey Lance. And yeah. and maybe, maybe the maybe it's maybe the path is get something for next year, but mm-hmm. but you're trying to compete for a Super Bowl now. And that's where I'm like, again, if you can get something now, right? A second round pick where you could mm-hmm. get a right tackle to plug in where Mike McGlinchey is that you know is going to likely be more talented than Colton McKivitz or mm-hmm. Jalen Moore or Spencer Burford or Nick Zakel, right? You've got, right. yeah, you've got a lot of guys to compete there, but you don't really know what you have in those guys to, you know, to be confident. If you could, if, if one of those tackles is available, right? One of those tackles that is, you know, that for low end one high two, mm-hmm you know, do you, do you roll the dice and go, you know what, that is going to help us in 2023 
and we don't think Trey is. And then we believe so much in Brock Purdy that we think he's the future. So it's it's interesting. Another guy that came up in terms of uh, uh, trade uh, rumors, if you will, uh, was Brandon Ayuk. And Grant Cohen asked uh, whether people were calling an Ayuk and whether the the 49ers would consider trading him. And Lynch's quote was essentially, I'm, I'm not going to get into specifics. We love Brandon Ayuk, and I'm going to leave it at that. And it was interesting to me because both answers, right? Mm-hmm. The Trey Lance answer and the Brandon Ayuk answer were different than an answer to a question that was asked later, which was, uh, I believe Tracy Sandler asked, has anyone called on Nick Bosa? And if they did, would you listen? And, and, and Lynch was basically like the hotline for Nick Bosa trade calls never opened. It's not that it's closed. It never opened. Right. Hmm. It, it was clear that Nick Bosa is untouchable, but he did not make the same declaration for either Trey Lance or Brandon Ayuk. Uh, and then later when talking, responding to Cone's question, he said, we're trying to do something special this year and Brandon will be a part of that. I don't see them trading Brandon Ayuk again, like a Debo situation, unless they're blown away. Uh, but to me, I think Brandon Ayuk is the guy that you commit to far into the future. Yeah. And you hope that Debo has a bounce back season next year so that you can possibly offload him after next year. Because mm-hmm. I think personally, Brandon Ayuk is a better wide receiver than Debo Samuel is. Debo Samuel is mm-hmm. an incredible football player. I love watching him play. He's one of my favorite players on the team. But I think with the addition of CMC, what he did in 2019 is a little bit redundant. Mm-hmm. And Ayuk offers more as a wide receiver than Debo does. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I totally agree. I thought I thought in Ayuk's rookie year that he was their best wide receiver just from a pure like route running, affecting the game at all three levels standpoint. And like, that's just what you're going to bet on long-term and Debo's had some health problems. Like I'm not out on Debo Samuel as a player, but if the Niners right. are betting on a guy for the next five or six years, I the easy bet for me. Um, so I, I, I thought Lynch's answer on that is really interesting because that, that to me says that, they're either like maybe they're trying to work on a long-term deal with Ayuk, and he's just trying not to say anything. Maybe he felt like he said too much on Lance and doesn't want to say anything else. Um, or maybe they had substantial talks with somebody and he doesn't want to get it. I, I don't know. That's just a very odd answer though, from the team that regularly yeah. says we'll take calls on anyone. We'll listen on anyone to go. I'm not going to get into specific. Like you just did. Right, right. We can all see this. You know what it it reminds me of is the DeForest Buckner situation. That's what Mm. it really reminds me of. Like, right? Like, we love we love Buckner. We want him to be a part of this team moving forward. And then, like weeks later, it's like Buckner got traded, and it was because the negotiations weren't going well. And so, I I think that's a I think that's a good uh, insight in that it it could be that they've started some negotiations and maybe they're not going well. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and I think I I don't know if the Buckner thing was interesting. Like that gets brought up a lot when it comes to like John Lynch, like lying and every right. GM lies. To the... Did you see what Andrew sure. Perry, the Browns GM said? Uh-uh. He, he was like before his, his pre-draft presser, he was like, uh, I know you're all really excited for this annual press conference where you ask me questions and then I don't answer them. Like this is, t- yeah. I love the honesty, like shout out. Right. No, I, right. I think the Buckner thing specifically though, 
was a positional value thing. Sure. And, and I, I just, I think a wide receiver, they're going to value higher than a, than a defensive tackle. So I, well, I don't know. I'm, I don't know. They, 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 uh, valued Javon Hargrave pretty highly, right? They, they broke that, they broke that dude off. Yeah, and I think, I, but to me, that's also an admission of guilt essentially yep. in that we shouldn't have traded Buckner and, or we should not have drafted Kinlaw at 14, right? Like, because essentially that error you are now having to correct via this free agency. Now that's no shade to Javon Hargrave because he was arguably the best free agent available and the 49ers got him like kudos to them. Mm -hmm. I, I appreciate that they moved on it. And, and I love that they're willing to say through, through that signing, Hey, look, we messed up, but we're going to atone for it here. Right. And I mean, that defensive line is going to be un unfreaking real. I'm really excited um, to watch them. Yeah. Right. And especially against, and, and what's funny is, um, uh, Armstead had availability today. And what we talked about was just how difficult it's going to be to with him and Hargrave, just because of how different they are in terms of their size and, and what they bring, right. You know, Eric Armstead is six, seven, two ninety, right. He's got that length. He's got those arms and Hargrave is six, two, like three Oh five. And just, strong as an ox and okay. so you can't yeah you can't if they're two different players you can't game plan to take out both of them because they have different games and so i think that's going to be a, a fun thing to watch as well um nothing else really to note i don't think at least um in terms of of what lynch had to say um one th one question was asked about john feliciano you know was he was he brought in to be a starter and Essentially, Lynch was like, hey, everyone's going to compete for a job. So, um, yeah. you know, I think I think they're they're willing to, you know, have have Burford compete with Feliciano. I wouldn't be surprised if Feliciano won out, though. Not that Burford had a, a bad rookie season, but that's a that's a veteran uh, with with a lot of uh, experience and, and postseason experience as well. And yeah. was really good last year for the Giants and then really good for the Bills the previous two seasons. So, uh, again, a, a good value signing there.